today on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, Crown of Love. Welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. My name's Owen, and with me always, Alex Payende. This week we are talking about Crown of Love. It's our first song from Funeral. How do you feel about it, Alex? I feel good. Our first song from Funeral, and we are already four months into it, and it's our first one. But before we get into it, we have a really, like, just odd story. Something happened to us this week. Uh, odd Arcade Fire connection. Yeah. So, so yeah, Jeremy Gara sent us an email inviting to connect on Flickr. And at first, I'm, I'm, th- I'm not a big Flickr guy. Yeah, myself. neither am I. And at first, we thought like this couldn't be real, but it, it is. Like it came from the official his official Arcade Fire email address. And I mean, one like Flickr, like I've I've never used Flickr before. I don't even I don't know anyone that still uses Flickr. I like how you say still uses. I'm I'm just. So is it meant? It's meant for photographers, right? Kind of or like people yeah. that share large photo albums. I feel like it was Instagram. Before Instagram? Before like, Instagram, Instagram, before like albums of pictures, albums. not just like one. See, this is like, I think when we talk about our modern age and Wynn likes to talk about how we have really short attention spans, right? We can't listen to full albums. Flickr is like for people who have larger attention spans and want to like look through multiple photos. Because that's my thing is like, I was kind of going through Flickr and I'm like, I don't want to look at like 50 photos of a certain event. That's a, that's a lot of my attention that I have to spend. And, yeah, you know? and... It just this is like putting it on like the full like length album and listening to it on your vinyl recording. This is like the equivalent of Instagram like that but for, for Flickr. Pic- yeah. That's it Yeah, and so it was like we got the email saying that like he wants to connect and so we went we made an account first of all and we followed him on Flickr. And then a couple days later he followed us back. And so Jeremy, are you listening to this? <laughs> I mean, we joke about it all the time, but you're actually listening. I don't know. Send us a DM on Twitter or <laughs> I suppose Flickr now. Um, Is there a messaging service on Flickr? Uh, I, I didn't see. Jeremy? <laughs> uh, yeah, like when Wynn responded to my tweet, that was super cool. But this is a whole level above that. <laughs> Has this happened to anyone else? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Maybe we'll have to get some, like, uh, studio shots or something. We'll make whole albums. Yeah, whole albums. We'll, like, we'll take, like, 20 <laughs> photos of us in the studio just doing the same thing. and Every week on Flickr. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, our first song on Funeral, first official song. Uh, yeah, Funeral. What do you have to say about Funeral, Owen? I mean, I'll get into the basic facts of Funeral and you'll do Go the Crown of Love. Okay. So it was released uh, September 14th, 2004 on Merge Records. It was given its name because members of the group fam- uh, of the group had a lot of family members who had recently died within the past year. So one of the more influential was uh, Alvino Ray had died. He was Wynn and Will's grandfather, who was a huge influence on them musically because he, uh, he worked alongside really some of the greats in terms of the big bands. And he also uh, worked, um, he also invented a prototype for one of the first electric guitars. Oh, uh, Richard Dang. B. Perry also lost his aunt within that same year, and Regina also lost her grandmother. So it's kind of interesting because the bands commented on, even in the liner notes, they yeah. commented on um, how Funeral is a very definitive ending, right? But this is the band's first album, and how that kind of contrasts uh, that juxtaposition right there is kind of yep. key. Um, it was nominated for Best Alternative Album 2005. However, it lost to The White Stripes' Get Behind Me, Satan. 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, like I don't think I don't think I think I think it's a better album than Get Behind Me. Satan. Yeah, so do I. But that's a it's it's steep competition. I mean, it's also the Grammys, right? So it's not like yeah. it's, it's, the best album doesn't always win. I feel like if anything, that should have been nominated for best rock album, yeah. and then this for alternative. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, uh, I don't think anything Jack White's has ever done has been indie rock, maybe. or or el- sorry, alternative. I don't know. All of his all um, look at the Grammys though. He won three or four straight. Uh, well, not straight, but all of his albums were all alternative albums uh. listed by the Grammys. I mean, he started his own kind of label and stuff. I don't know, like that means well, later. Jack later, but I, I, I suppose. Okay, well, that doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> a little side note. Now we got a uh, lot to talk about today. Uh, received so it received widespread acclaim by a lot of critics and made kind of almost famous, mostly. By like the most famous critical claim would be Pitchfork gave it a nine point seven out of ten, just a really great review. They they loved it. I mean, as lots of people do. Most people uh, would say, I like, I've been asked even by fans of the show, is how did Arcade Fire come out with such a great album right off the start? You know, it's like it's like their first album. And it's 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 like it's a lot more developed than you see a lot of other artists on their first release. Mm-hmm. And then, but then when you kind of like look at the interviews and kind of see, it's like the band had already been a band for, I think three years at that point, they've already released like lots of demos and stuff and they've been touring so much, right? They've played so many small shows. And I think what makes funeral so good is kind of how it represents like how they feel like a live show should be. And like, they try to bring that into the mm-hmm. funeral album. I think that's so they, they played live so many times that they kind of like brought that into their first album. That kind of made it pretty great. What yeah, you and um, it's one of those things like people describe uh, a Born to Run and a lot of things. It's like it's an overnight success years in the making. Yeah. Like like they were doing this for so long and then all of a sudden they got big, but it wasn't like they just kind of wrote the album in a couple days and did, like this was culminating for so long and it just came out and there they are. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the album that got me into Arcade Fire. Um I was uh, when I was much younger, like in elementary school. I was the kind of kid that would go to the library all the time. I remember, like one day I was there, and this was sometime between Neon Bible and the suburbs. And I remember thinking very clearly, like, I want to listen to more music, um, and uh, beyond like I don't know, like the Led Zeppelin and Green Day and Kanye that I was in, like the Killers and Bruce that I was listening to at the time. I was like, I want to listen to more music, and so I went to the CD section. So what year would this have been? Around? This is like. I don't remember exactly, but sometime between Neon Bible and the Suburbs, mm-hmm. because I was already into them when the Suburbs came out. Uh, yeah, I went into the CD section. I started at the A's, and I picked, like, the first 10 CDs from bands that I'd heard of, and one of those was Arcade Fire, and it was Funeral. And I remember in my living room, I listened to Funeral, and it's one of the very few moments in albums where it was, like, first song, first track, opening line with tunnels, hit me like a truck. And... It was, yeah, that was like a definitive album that on my musical life-changing journey, uh, yeah. And here we are some nine, ten years later. Yeah. Imagine if you had picked out like a Bare Naked Lady CD or something. Yeah, it, no, I picked up a bunch. I remember picking up, I think it was like Alexis on Fire and other A's, but I don't remember exactly. Um, I mean, because this was the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This could have been a really different podcast. It could have been a very different podcast. Uh, yeah, so Crown of Love on Funeral 2004. Owen ran down those basic facts. You know, the Killers covered this this year? Yeah, I heard. 
I, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't watch the recording. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I mean, they're one of the bands that will like do a cover of a song from a band in that area sometimes, and they played Montreal. And Brandon Flowers, lead singer, said that he's a big Arcade Fires fan. He really enjoyed everything now. And it wasn't like a full band cover. It was just like Brandon Flowers and the current guitarist, Ted Sabloy, playing a very stripped-down cover where Ted was just picking the chords and Brandon was just singing just the first verse and chorus. Uh, yeah, I've seen them three. I'm a pretty big fan of theirs, to say the least. And I love their normal stuff, but I would it would be so cool if I saw them do this. So next time the killers are in Montreal or Quebec, you know, you just gotta, yeah, gotta, you gotta go fly over. out. So do you think this was the most arcade fire or the most killers arcade fire song they could have covered? Do you think like this was like the like the most fitting for them? See, you should have told asked me this question beforehand because now I have to think on the fly here. Okay, well I can Is give this, you mine. Okay, go. So this I think the suburbs we used to wait sprawl to something like my body was a cage, but. Just because I think Brandon Flowers has such good vocals. I think he's the best rock vocalist right now um, or mainstream rock vocalist. And something like My Body Was a Cage, I think he would just take to town. Mm-hmm. I think Afterlife, I think uh, Electric Blue and Put Your Money on Me. I think I agree. Like I, my, my one that really sticks out with me is We Used to Wait. It would be a, mm. kind of the most killer-like, killers-like song yeah. by Arcade Fire. Just like the first verse and whatever. Yeah, yeah back to them playing it. Uh, they brought it out a lot on this tour. Um, kind of. Oh, a lot. Sorry, relative. sorry. They brought out a fair amount of funeral for this tour. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I was talking no, about three, Crown of three times. Brought out Crown of Love <laughs> three times. Um, most recently, Wembley, uh, April twelfth. We almost got it because they played it like the day before the show before in Calgary. But I mean, they also played Chemistry, <laughs> and uh, it's a big trade off. Yeah. And a few days later in uh, in Vegas, but yeah, they brought out like. They played the one show where they play all four neighborhoods. That would like that's one of my, like, in a row. That's the biggest thing. Is like they play like most yeah. of the neighborhoods, most shows. Like one in three, yeah. One in three, yeah, like basically every show. And but having all getting all four straight in a row, it's, that's that's different. That's special. No, that was the first Wembley show, right? They played three. E- e- yes. Maybe. Basic facts. I don't know. The Jarvis Cocker. That was the the one that that had Crown of Love was the second one. Hmm. You know, I, mean, I believe it. I think so. I, the last one was uh, Florence, though. Yeah. What? Yeah. Sure. The third. The third one. I mean, that was that. That was cool. Yeah. Um, want to get into the lyrics? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically. All right. Um. I'll take it. They say it fades if you let it. Love was made to forget it. I carved your name across my eyelids. You pray for rain. I pray for blindness. So I think like. In the center of the album, this is a very key song on Funeral. And like I was saying for Cold Wind, I think this is like our big payoff for the characters. We talk about them trying to get out and not really like like no longer being young but in the transition. But then on the suburbs, we go back to them talking about when they were young. But I think this was one of the few songs when they are young and they're not really thinking about needing to leave the neighborhood this is just them being young like as if we got a song where they're talking about the driving uh, or riding the bikes to the nearest park in a non-retrospective way and yeah um 
our heroes are young and they're not afraid of it. And the outlook on love is completely opposite of anything we'll see on Reflector because this is like the first time it's happening to them and uh, living as, as the night moves. And I think a big part of that in this verse when they say, they say it fades if you let it. He doesn't say that because he doesn't know that because it's never happened to him. They said it um, because they, they, it's, they're super young. And I think that they could be like in a... Um, burning bridges like Alexander uh, Laika like could have told them this because he's older and had gone through this and or something like this and I see like he could have been the they that told him um yeah compared to reflector like afterlife or awful sound where from experience they know what's happening but here it's like this is the first time um what do you think yeah so like I agree with a lot of those things. I think this is this is a song about kind of like adolescent heartbreak, I think. Mm-hmm. And you see that in the same way this is like their first time and I think that that really means something. And it's a really it's a roller coaster of kind of like a deep emotional heartache. Some like sometimes people say, "Oh, young people, they're so melodramatic about love." And I think yes. Yes. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but like that's that's what the song is. It's like it's like Sure, this is your first heartbreak, and other people will say, oh, you get over it. Like, that's what they're saying, right? They say it fades. Mm-hmm. Oh, your first heartbreak, it fades. You'll get over it. But in the moment, when it happens, it's like you you don't feel that way. It's That's not, it's, that's not like the way it feels. And this brings me back to my favorite Men in Black quote, our oh. favorite, <laughs> favorite Men in Black quote, which is um, – Better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. And then Tommy Lee Jones just yeah, goes, try it. Try it. And I, like that, that face and emotion he has <laughs> of just saying, like, think again. So like in that same way, it's like uh, that's what this opening bit for me is like. It's like, oh, everyone's telling me it's going to be all right. It's better to have loved and lost. It's like all these other things. But, like, in the moment when it happens, it doesn't really feel that way. And when he says, like, I carved your name across my eyelids, Every time he, he, he closes his eyes, he's thinking of her so mm-hmm. much, right? He's thinking about her that it's like it's like a tattoo. It's like this permanent like imprint. So even so when he like opens his eyes and closes his eyes, it's like that imprint's still there. Yeah. Um, I think it's Yeah, there's definitely the the name inside the eyelids. Um and then when the there like the other is praying for rain, it's like she wants this stuff like to wash away yeah. what was there, but he just wants to be blind. Like yeah, he, he doesn't want to see like that imprint. But anymore. it's still there. He doesn't want to get rid of it. He just wasn't, doesn't want to see it. Like our uh, dear friends, you two, the love is blindness. Um, but I think that they say it fades. I don't think it's like the heartbreak fades. I think that the love fades, like the relationship fades. Mm-hmm. That uh, like if you let it, love will fade away, even if you were really happy. And I I think that's the key for this song. I don't think this is people telling them that they're going to get over it. I think it's people telling them that like, yeah, you can be very happy, but it'll fade if you let it. It's, you know, you have to take care of it. It's a relationship. And which goes like the naivete of them being young that like, oh, we're going to be happy forever and we're going to get married. Um, And, uh, you know, like I've, I've lived through this. I, you know, I had the classic teenage high school romance where we were together for a while and you tell yourself we're going to be forever. And, uh, yeah, you feel like you can take on the whole world, but you don't really know what love is. Um, you like, you know, bits and pieces, but you haven't really experienced enough life to know what love is. And, uh, I mean, if you ever can, and the way that at the end of the album, it's like in the backseat talks about the first time you're dealing with death. Here's the first time we're dealing with love. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. 
I like. I agree. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna stick to my yeah. The love, the love heartbreak is what fades. But uh, I mean, as we go into the song, maybe I'll be convinced. <laughs> All right, you wanna go Get into the, the song? If you still want me, please forgive me. The crown of love has fallen from me. If you still want me, please forgive me because the spark is not within me. So here, I mean, like. Point Alex for the crown of love has fallen from me. That make that's like a love fades argument I'm seeing there versus a heartbreak fades. <laughs> but that's and same with because the spark is not within me. Uh, it's like this is the song's pretty tough because like I it's like it kind of like it reads part way as um as the male like male speaker being saying that he loves her and he wants her to continue and she's not the one who like will love him back but then it's also this one where he also feels that fading love so what do you got here well yeah I mean um, like it's the it's faded away for both people but you don't want to admit it Um, like when you fall out of love it like it's not an instant it's not an on off it's like you want it to work but you know it's not going to uh, yeah, I think that the actual, like, the crown of love metaphor, I like to think it came from, I mean, they they love David Bowie. And, you know, the I'll be king and you'll be queen and we can beat them. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that's, like, that image of crown of love. I like to think that that's what inspired it. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, yeah, like, the speaker's idea of the crown of love when, like, it comes from the world where their lives are so small that they think that someone else could be a half to their whole. And especially that he thinks there's, like, one specific reason that ended it and that he has specific action that could be forgiven. Like, I could do this, I could fix it, and it'll all be better and we'll be in love again in the sense that, like, yeah, like, if I do this one thing, things will be right. And if you could forgive me for this one thing, it'll all work out as if that there is just such a simple way of dealing with it and not that it just kind of faded away, but, like, you can just light it up again. And, um, yeah, the spark is on or off and you later realize that it's so much more than that. And being with someone and being in love is more than just a flame that's on or a flame that's off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I snuffed it out before my mom walked in my bedroom. The only thing that you keep changing is your name. My love keeps growing still the same, just like a cancer. And you won't give me a straight answer. What do you think? Boy, do I love that cancer answer rhyme. (laughs) No, um, what I'm like, the uncru- cancer is like that uncontrolled replication that like kills you in the end, mm-hmm. and that's that's like the love inside of him, right? It's like he's so unsure, like that it's like fading, but it's like it's also it's also not meant to be there, maybe, and like that's why it's like replicating within him, and it like you have to get rid of it though to survive. Yeah, um, like I like I was just saying that he knows that. I mean, that's that's at least from my experience and from movies and books and pop songs, but mostly my experience that like, you know that this isn't gonna work out, and you know that it needs to end. But this person was in your life and meant so much for so long that you don't want to admit that, and you don't want to let it go, even though you know you have to, and it, it's really tough. Um, but I think that the a big thing in this one is that this is, you know, funeral. And our speaker has very much said that they felt very alienated from their parents. And I think like as much as they feel sad or whatever from this, when the mom walks in, he pretends everything is fine and doesn't show that he's hurting because he doesn't feel like it's something he could talk to his mom about 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that the uh, changing their name, I don't really see that as like her, like, I don't know, getting married or whatever. I think it's more like in the sense that we should have named you Laika because of the way you acted. Mm-hmm. And like the, you're changing so much and your name is metaphorical. And I think it, it brings me to what we were saying on City with No Children with the I waited for you a letter and I have no feeling for you now, now that I know you better. Yeah. Because she's changing a lot and people change a lot. You know, you figure out who you are and change your metaphorical name and personality to see where you fit in the world. And seasons change, but he keeps waiting on her. And his love is growing, but that hurts, you know? Because, like, her changing her name, it goes back to um, he doesn't know her anymore uh, because it's a different name. And when he says that, like, she didn't write him back. And his love is growing, but not for who she is, but for who she was and that super cut memory of her. And I feel like he's asking her things like, do you still love me? Can we still get back together? And she says she hasn't said yes or no yet. And I feel like you can't blame her, even though he does, because, you know, when you're in a long term relationship like this, even if you're the one that ended it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't think about it. And I don't know, like, I don't think love is an on and off switch. It just kind of faded and it faded more for her than for him. But that doesn't mean that it's not still lingering for her. And so he's asking her, can we get back together? Because she ended it. But. She doesn't know because it's tough, but it's almost like it's not an explicit no, but, you know, they're not getting back together. Mm -hmm. I like, yeah, so I like what you said about how he's hiding it from his parents, hiding it from everyone else, right? It's like we talked about how it's classic melodramatic kid to care a lot about a breakup. But this one, I think he's like the speaker's trying to like, oh, he does care about that. He's like caring, but he wants to, he doesn't want to be seen as that little kid. He wants to be an adult. So that's why. He does kind of hide it from his family. And, like, this this deep, what does it say, like, um, the pains of love you feel, right? It's like he's yeah. trying to hide them. Like, oh, mom, you wouldn't understand kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, they, the parents are that sold out kind of feeling that they think. Or, like, they're adults and they're grown up and you could never understand what it was like for me to be like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you still want me, please forgive me. The crown of love is falling from me. If you still want me, please forgive me because your hands are not upon me. What do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, this is obviously it's just like it's it's the same as the other chorus, except instead of because the spark is not within me, it's because your hands are not upon me. Mm-hmm. And um, because your hands are not upon me, like that's a separation between the two, right? Like it's like you can talk about like the emotional distance between two people, but there's also like that physical distance that I think is like – kind of insinu- yeah. insinuated here. which is more and more like before he was talking to her because like asking for a straight answer, but now it's not just emotional dissonance. It's uh, physical as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that again, like he's saying, again, I'm sorry, and I don't know what I'm sorry for, but I'm sorry for something. I'm sorry for like whatever it is that caused you to leave, and I can change whatever it is that caused you to leave, but I don't know what it is. Just kind of like kind of almost tell me. But again, like it's not one specific thing. It it faded away for a lot of things and for no things at all, but it did. Yeah. Yeah. And see, like going into the next line, which is I shrugged them off before my mom walked in my bedroom. It's kind of like I, that, I feel like that's like her physical because your hands. It's like, it's like I shrugged them off. Yeah. It's like, 
You want to just keep going into that one? Sure. Like, um, then that goes into the pains of love, and they keep growing. In my heart, there's flowers growing on the grave of our old love since you gave me a straight answer. So that's like before he's um, he's asking, like, won't you give me a straight answer? And it's like finally she, oh, she gave me a straight, gave answer, a straight answer, and it's, yeah. it's no. And then that's, that, that's heartbreaking. That's, it is. And like, but now it's, now it's a funeral though. Now it's, now it's like this certain finality to it. Our like, love has died. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the, that's the, like the gravestone with the flowers on it. Like there is a certain, like that image itself of like flowers on a gravestone. It's an image of sadness, but it's also an image of kind of not, you don't necessarily come to peace with it. But like, if you see that in the movie, it's like remembering, but like a finality. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's been. The dirt time. There's been times, duration. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the time and duration is what it is. Yeah. And uh, when I was saying on Cold Wind, the connection, because there's that grave of our love. And I think that that's like, yeah, her her definitively saying now, like, no, we're, we're not going to get back together. Um, and so their love is, you know, died. And uh, there's flowers growing. Um, yeah, there's flowers growing on the grave of their love in his heart. Which I think is both like time passing, but also like the flowers growing, I think is like he's almost keeps idealizing and building something beautiful on it. Yeah. And but now I think he needs to face the question of like and this is a question I don't think he answers until the suburbs of are these flowers for her who she is, or were they for the time when they were together? Like that that's yeah. the thing, the big theme of the suburbs is when he realizes like I don't miss her. I miss how I felt and who I was when we were together and so young and naive. Yeah. I want to take the, the, the last chunk. Okay. Like all the way to the end? Yeah. Okay. If you still want me, please forgive me. The crown of love has fallen from me. If you still want me, please forgive me because the spark is not within me. It's not within me. It's not within me. You got to be the one. You got to be the way. Your name is the only word that I can say. You got to be the one. You got to be the way. Your name is the only word that I can say. Only word that I can say. Then you got the crescendo hit and it breaks into like a real dancey beat. Now, for me, this one's kind of like this. The, the, the exit here kind of brings, brings the whole song kind of full circle mm-hmm. because it's again, it's the chorus. But instead of hands shrugged off or whatever because your hands are not upon me instead of that now it's it's uh right back to because the spark is not within me so that's kind of full circle around the song but then it's also the finality of it's gone now it's you got to be the one you got to be the way it's like at, at a certain point you almost accepted the gravestones and the flowers and like what the death of their love but he still feels this urge of she's the only one you, you got to be the one you got to be the way your name is the only word that I can say. Yeah, like, like it's, it's dead, it's died, but like, no, 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 no. This has to be, like, I was so sure about this. Like, I know it's gone, but like, no, I don't want to believe that it's gone. I was, we were so sure, like, this was going to be it. This was going to be forever that, no, 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 this, I, and all I can think about is you, that it has to be, and we're wrong, but, you know. And I think that there's a shift in music to accompany this kind of change in tone as well. Because, mm-hmm. like, so there's two shifts in music. I think there's, like, a really big crescendo at the end of the chorus where it says, uh, because the spark is not within me, then it kind of goes down a bit. 
and then it's, you got to be the one, you got to be the one, and then it goes up a bit, and then it breaks into the dance tune with, a, and then a lot of vocalizations as well from both Win and Regine. Regine's like, I'd say her vocalizations are on point on this song, and yeah, like, the, ah, <laughs> but like I can't do it because I'm, yeah, me, not Regine, but. Good quality. I think they really added the song. <laughs> um, yeah, we we did, forgot to mention the big change that comes with like the the pains of love in the uh, previous verse. That's the first big musical change. Yeah, and then and then the big hit here. Um, yeah, and at the end, all you can do is yell and scream and shout, and <laughs> it's peak wind desperation. Yeah, both in lyrics, tone, and our favorite uh, <laughs> wind desperation voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, that's all I have for the lyrics. I got music. I had some music stuff as well. Yeah, so I think that the m- music and the sound completely embody the words. Like during the verses, we have that bass and piano thump of like the they say it fades, yeah. um, like the thump of the piano and thump yeah. of the bass in almost like an angry, sarcastic way. And then the violin is in the back spelling the whole time. And, like, really the whole song, everything is swelling the whole time, getting yeah. louder and louder and denser and denser. And then the, the background vocals come in, which are really cool, both, like, the regime's ahs, but then also people are doing very, very quiet, like, double tracking on the yeah. verses. And then, like, the signature Arcade Fire song uh, sound. Orchestral sound. Yeah, just, like, bang, large orchestra, bang, full band, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the end where Wynn is yelling and the music is yelling and everything's up and up and up, Yell it. Love it. Yelling. Love it. Um, And then it all fades out at the end. Like they they kind of – they fade out. And except for the the bass, the bass kind of stays there for a bit longer thumping. And I feel like it reminds us that the deep, dark sound has been underneath the whole thing the whole time. Wow. For me, the song, what makes it different – like, I mean, it's obviously a ballad, right? Like a real, like, excruciatingly kind of emotional ballad. But what makes it sticks out from every other – extremely excruciatingly emotional ballad is the violin. Like shout out to Sarah Newfield and Owen Pallet just like killing it, killing it on the on the violin and this the song it's what makes it stick out and like it it adds like this extra dimension to the song that like makes it more emotionally heart wrenching. Like every time I hear the song you feel it on the inside. I think a lot of that has to do with the violin. Yeah. Definitely like yeah the violin is crying. Yeah, it's like crying, yeah. Okay. That's, that's all I have. That's why I got musically. What do you have? I have Graves of Our Old Love. What do you have? I have Pains of Love. I like Graves of Our Old Love better, though. I mean, All it's right. a little longer, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how how many do you have? I got four out of five. Oh, same. Yeah. Wow. Done. Same wavelength. Yeah. I, I like it a lot, but it's not a five for me. Yeah. Um, But I do... I especially love that this is that. Like I was saying in the very beginning, the payoff we get, this is them young and not... not uh, Like this and in the backseat are them genuinely young and not worried about leaving and not worried about anything. It's just them living as young adults and I suppose old children. And I like that a lot. And the music and the lyrics, everything we talked about, like, yeah, it's a solid, it's, it's a four. Yeah. I, it's a beautiful song. Like, I mean, get to, I mean, I've gotten to this point now. Where it's like ever since city of no children, I've had this, like I've had self self dealt back in the back of my mind, whenever I read something, cause it's like, it's, it's tough. Like, it's, it's really tough. tough. It's, yeah. no, it's, it's tough for me not to give it a five because I'm like, this song is great. I love the song, but it's like, 
Yeah, but I also think like you know, neighbor number three is better. So it's like, how do I say it's better and put them both? Or not even like better, but like say if I think of songs that right now that I've rated the five, which are like Afterlife and uh, City with No Children and Antichrist. I'm like, I don't think this is as good as those. And if those are fives, then but this isn't also a three and a half. Like yeah, I. It, it's, it's, it's hard. hard, it's hard Otherwise, pick, it's like they'd all like, be fives. No, the thing is, it's, it's hard to pick apart a song you love, though, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say like, "Oh, I didn't like this about it," when you like everything about it. But it's like it's still not a five, though. It's like yeah, uh, which isn't bad. Which which this, is yeah. yeah. Not not every song on a funeral is gonna be a five. Almost though. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyway, um, that's. Uh, you have anything else? Uh, no, not really. Well, thanks everyone. Well, I mean, what, what's t- what's next week? Crucified again. Crucified. See and you crucified next week again. on uh, Crucified again. And crucified again. Back from big songs to another two weeks of outtakes because we have crucified again, and then culture war, and then a huge chunk of actual songs. But gotta get out of the outtakes. Anyway, I, like, I like the outtakes. Oh, I like the outtakes too. But Something just, fun, you know. It's like, like less more serious, funeral, it's more like, funeral. I feel like there's less weight on our review when we take when we do an outtake. You know, it's like oh, people well, aren't sometimes. <laughs> people aren't like, oh wow, like you know, like when when we hit a big song, you know, people expect a lot out of us. I think, and yeah, it's like I don't think people even listen to some of the outtake episodes. Fair it's enough. Like, it's Fair like, enough. Oh, I, I, I mean, some to... people are more casual fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, our, our next funeral song is in the backseat. Oh wow! Yeah. So we're. <laughs> We're really not covering months. funeral. I mean, the thing For is, they have, they, they have four songs that all start with the same yeah. word, right? So yeah, um, and we're gonna have like that w. funeral month. Where we're just gonna mm-hmm. like. I look forward to it. Yeah, and I look forward to every episode. Um, thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye.